How much of a difference can two blocks make from the most innovative square mile on the planet? This from is our research, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is a question we constantly come back to here at IFP. Um, I'm Eliana. I'm Jeanette. And today we will be reading Jeanette's blog about... Who's impacted the most? Let's get into it. So... Shall we? We got a lot to dissect here today. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of themes and a lot of metaphors that we're going to dive into. Let's start off with being stuck in a bubble. Students living in the poor feel as if they're living inside a bubble, while neighborhoods next door, such as Kendall Square and MIT, are constantly innovating. Mm. I definitely think when I was writing this blog, this was something I really wanted to encapsulate because I feel like this being internalized and being in an internalized Mm. bubble really encapsulates what CPSC students, especially um, the students who go to King Open, Fletcher Maidon, and Cambridgeport experience, being so close to the innovation sector of Cambridge um, but and not benefiting, from and it, not benefiting yeah. anything. And I feel like sometimes I realize that I'm in Cambridge, which is supposed to be the most, like, innovative, smartest, you know, most, like, prestigious, just prestigious yeah. city, literally in the whole entire country, mm-hmm. because we have all these good colleges, we have Kendall, and then I realize, like, what makes us different from other cities? Literally nothing, because there's nothing that's happening for sure and we literally did so one of our statistics that we've been following throughout the pandemic and just through our research is how much investment we put into our students students in cambridge have one of the highest per pupil spending in the whole state we are ranked number Mm -hmm. one first of all in spending wise but Mm -hmm. we don't have a return we're ranked what 131 out of what where is the money going and every pupil is like twenty seven thousand dollars that's a lot of money. That's almost I'm worth $27,000. Way more than like a lot of other districts. And yeah. like now with the pandemic, like a recent thing that has came out is that that spending, it's now $31,000 per pupil. More? More. But like, what are they doing with that? That money, who knows? So Maybe it's just know. so like interesting to look at how like you would expect, like people send their students, their kids to private school. And they're paying for their education. Mm -hmm. And here, it's basically like we're having a private school funded, like, per pupil spending, but we're not getting the same return out of that. And we were just talking about this today with Mr. Dawson, and I'm like, these Kendall Square businesses invest money, or at least they have to, like, it's just, like, obligation, ethics. Mm -hmm. They invest money into these schools. They're not seeing any improvement. We are not. We're the students. We're not seeing any change. We're not seeing any engaging learning, and they're not seeing it either. So I guess they're kind of also blindsided in a way because they don't know what's going on. And one other thing is that it's just interesting because a lot of people who are in power positions in Cambridge, specifically on the school committee and city council, they have some relationship to Cambridge. Um, Either they went to the high school here, Mm -hmm. they grew up here, went to college here, et cetera, et cetera. But then they're always saying, like, when I was at CRLS, which is the high school here, that uh, it's still the same. But, like, that doesn't seem to be, like, concerning. Yeah. All. Which I definitely, they went yeah. through the same edu- I, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it hasn't gotten worse as worse? time goes on. Yeah. So, like, That's they went so through true. the same exact. Oh, anyways. Yeah. Anyways. On the topic of investment, though, my next kind of, like, thing that I was looking into is, like, the na- new school, same learning. Um, throughout Cambridge, there has been, I think, for the past couple of years now, they've been progressively renovating school buildings across Cambridge. Right mm-hmm. now, they just broke ground a couple months ago on the new Tobin School, um, and they just finished last year, last year 
on the Upper Cambridge Upper School and King Open School the one on, on Cambridge, Cambridge Street. Street. Yeah. Um, and that I think cost three hundred million dollars. The building looks nice. It's I won't lie, but so like nice. But what that that's the thing. What fosters a school and a school building is the learning that goes inside. Education of it. people. And it just seems to still be the same. So, I don't I don't understand how we're spending all this money to fix the outside, but not enough money, or not we are not using the money or allocating it enough to fix what's on the inside. And maybe it goes back to the the need for Cambridge to keep up this outside appearance of like. Hey, we have the best colleges in the district. Mm-hmm. We, quote unquote, have the best schools in the district. Look at the outside of our school; it looks pretty. So the inside has to be pretty, yeah, which is not true, sure. you know. But I think it just goes back to I think Cambridge is Cambridge really wants to look good. It's the pride. Yeah, we always talk about this in IFP about the pride that Cambridge holds. Holds. We're happy to be living in Cambridge, and yeah. we're fortunate to be having these uh-huh. opportunities. But at the same time. We're not going to use the word Cambridge, overlook what we go, what goes on and what needs to be changed. Yeah. Because I think that's what's been holding back Cambridge for all these years is just like being named Cambridge. Whenever uh-huh. someone talks about Cambridge, they're going to be like Harvard, MIT. There shouldn't be anything wrong with it. And I think this is like one other thing. Like there are so many issues that go on within the school district. Like just a couple weeks ago, like trigger warning, we're going to be talking about like sexual assault briefly. The um, sexual assault walkout? Yeah, we did have a sexual assault walkout. And a lot of um, kind of news sources and outlets, like, were looking into it. And I remember the Boston Globe wrote an mm. article about the walkout and what happened. And a lot of the comment section are not necessarily kind of people who live in Cambridge, but their outlook, that can just say a lot. They're like, oh, well, that's such a liberal, like, that's a little, such a liberal town, like, there shouldn't be complaining, like, there were just, like, all these, like, auras about Cambridge and, like, covering it and protecting it that I don't, I don't think is fair, um, and, and, like, I don't know, I do not go to CRLS, but I did not know Cambridge was like this, I did not know CRLS was like this, and now having friends who go to this school, having, like, people that I know, you know, through internships, Mm -hmm. all this, I meet people who go to these schools, it's shocking. Yeah. You don't expect it. it. It's like, this is CRLS. It's, it looks great with all these great clubs, these, with just allowing their students to speak up and all of that. But, but in reality, like, the adults need to be doing mm-hmm. their work too, you know? For sure. And this ties into our next point about achievement gaps. Um, I'm a high school student. I'm a sophomore. This is my second year at CRLS. And I definitely can see this starting to thin out. Um, kind of if we talk on the racial aspect of it, I'm going to quote member Rachel Weinstein from the school committee and her experience. She went through CPSC all through elementary to high school. And she mentioned that in high school, especially as she got older and as she got like um, yeah. went to different classes, like the diversity within mm-hmm. that was so much like it just smaller, keeps decreases. Yeah. Like she and even now I'm going to speak for my own. Like I'm in a couple of AP classes and a lot mm-hmm. of those AP classes are predominantly white. Um, and there's like zero, if only like one or two students of color who are in those classes. And that's a little concerning yeah. to me. Um, no, yeah, so like yeah. I, I think that happens everywhere too. It's yeah. like as time goes on, requirements for these because cl- as you get older, you need to be the one, you know, on those front lines taking just taking advantage of all the opportunities yeah, you have, you know, taking all yeah. those AP classes, mm-hmm. taking all of these and a lot of kids of color weren't taught to like take those opportunities yeah. they weren't taught to be their advocate their own self-advocates and so it's like uh, you look around and you see less and less people that look like you in your classes 
and then even then it makes you feel like maybe you should stop going to those concerts yeah. too you know like maybe i just don't belong here exactly you know? and that just like i think that whole notion of like high school and that transition to college this is a very crucial time period for a lot of students mm-hmm. and a lot of students at this school um are kind of on the premises of being like a first time college student or first gen college student yeah. so a lot of students like this is one of their goals and kind of like one of the ethics woven into their families is that like going to college in this country is such a significant thing Mm -hmm. um and just like being able to accomplish that that's a huge thing and I definitely agree with that but we have to better kind of um make our students susceptible to engaging in this world and having access to it I think it's kind of interesting how we live like how how far is it Harvard is like a two-minute walk from CRLI and the amount of kids who do not end up going to college, not because they don't want not to. Not even Harvard, college. Yeah, just in gen- college, college in general. Like getting a secondary education, a higher education, like that number is super stark. Like and it's then super it, it leads yeah. you to ask the question, it's like, are the kids just not taking advantage of these opportunities or are there no opportunities? Like, I, Yeah, and I think this, I brought this up multiple times before, but I definitely think like what school you went to, like dictates what opportunities you're given and what you know about. Because 100%. a lot of the students, like I'm just gonna be honest with you, like near Kendall Square, which is kind of like the irony within that doesn't make sense to me. But a lot of the schools in East Cambridge don't have the same type of like kind of I don't know how to put this so it doesn't seem like the school is like, <laughs> but it is. Um, like North Cambridge and West Cambridge, like their schools seem to be more diverse within like. opportunity wise like I think more of the students here you see go to those schools and they come here and they're like oh okay I know what to do I know where to go so you're not you're not saying like schools in general you're saying specifically middle schools middle schools and even elementary schools because a lot of students like I there's a good number of private like institutions and private schools in Cambridge and a lot of students like there's they go from like k to eight so they spend a lot of their time in private school and then they have to come to the high school if they don't choose to apply. Yeah. Um, and I think that has a big role to play on, like, who you know, what you no, know, yeah, where definitely. to go. And those opportunities are mostly given to those kids, which I think can be argued both ways as, like, a pro and con. Yeah. Should, we, should we tell them where we went? Yeah. For context. Yeah. So I actually went to Cambridgeport um, for elementary school. And then in middle school, I transitioned to private. Um, Where's Cambridgeport? Cambridgeport is in East Cambridge. It's near Kendall. It's kind of like a five-minute walk from Fletcher Maynard. But yeah, yeah. Um, I for context, I went to Kalo, Mm -hmm. which is in East Cambridge. Yep, I went to Kalo for K to third, and then I went to PHA Prospect Hill Academy, which is in Somerville, so not even in Cambridge. And then I went to CCSC Community Charter School Cambridge for one year, which is in East Cambridge. So Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of other schools like. Are neighboring to Kendall Square, so that's interesting. <laughs> no, CCSC is like not in even two minutes. Literally, yeah. it's, yeah, in, it's Kendall. in Kendall. But yeah, yeah. And I think our last like kind of like thing today for this trial run <laughs> is we're gonna be talking about like we, we kind of brought this up already, but like Cambridge is like an epicenter for education. Mm-hmm. Like one of the like kind of like what makes Cambridge Cambridge is like how much educational like opportunities yeah. we have here within Harvard and MIT, Leslie, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you would expect it to be more. You would expect it to be way more or like, like at least have a con- like connection to the public system. Yeah. You know? um, 
but it's just interesting because a lot of students of color do not seem to be bridging that gap and getting across to even going to college or even going to college in their own backyard. Yeah, um, I, I don't even know why, though. Like, I'm trying to think why. That's a big question. Why? There's so many things we can ask. There's so why. many factors because there's yeah. factors of, like, the person, it, like, the person themselves not wanting to go on. Mm-hmm. There's outside factors of, like, you know, you were talking about looking into your classroom and not seeing people who look like you. Mm-hmm. That could definitely influence um, just your wanting to go further into your education. Sure. There's, like, the literal. Aspect, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's literal opportunities being handed to people. You may have the same exact talents, but there's people being handed those things because maybe, like, they're white or yeah, they exactly. just have connections. Have connections. So there's mm-hmm. just so many factors. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. No, it's so true. But we'll get more into this next episode. This is just a teaser, guys. I know. This is just like a little like hint of what you should be <laughs> expecting. Um, oh. But we really enjoyed having a conversation with you guys. And we Listen to wait. our second episode. Yeah, we can't wait. Guys, to stay tuned, you know? Yeah. And we'll have Hermela, I think. Yeah, Hermela will be joining us. All right. Awesome. Peace, guys. Peace How should we guys. end this? Um, what should we make our ending? Two blocks out. Two blocks out. No, I like that.